welcome to this week's edition of Daily Coast The Brief. It's a weekly show about politics. I'm Marcos Molitsis. I am here with Carrie Elleveld, and today we're going to be talking about Fox News and the Dominion lawsuit. What has that lawsuit exposed? We've seen a lot of sort of the inner gory workings of Fox News. And so to talk about today, we're going to have Judd Legum. He is, uh, he, he is the founder of Think Progress, a progressive media organization you may have heard about. He is currently the author of the independent newsletter, Popular Information, that focuses on account of, uh, accountability journalism. It's actually freaking fantastic. If you don't follow uh, Judd's newsletter or him on Twitter, I absolutely 100% recommend it because it's good, good, good stuff. Judd, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Marcos. So just just to start things off, um, I love the, the 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 catchphrase accountability journalism, and I think you actually embody that quite well. But most people probably don't know exactly what that means. So in your words, can you tell us a little bit about what accountability journalism is and how you fit within that within that frame? Yeah, well, basically, what I try to do on, on a daily basis is look at people or entities that are in power, that have power, you know, whether that's Fox News, whether that's Walgreens, whether that's Kevin McCarthy, a a whole range of different topics, but then look in and see what they're saying, see what they profess to believe and compare that, hopefully using hard evidence with what is actually going on. Uh, You know, it's probably the best example of this that, got the most publicity was after January 6th with all of these, there were all of these companies who were talking about how this was terrible. This was an attack on our democracy. You know, this, this cannot stand. And looking at how they had contributed to many of the members who, who were most actively involved in kind of provoking the events of that day, and then also trying to ask them, and, and many of them ultimately you know, made announcements uh, whether they were going to continue uh, donating. And then followed up on all of that and see and see which ones actually kept their words and which ones were just trying to avoid a PR headache for that day. So that's an example, but we take that across you know a range of topics. Yeah, that, yeah, that and, story had legs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, and, and Judd is, is, is relentless. I mean, it's actually kind of fascinating seeing him in action because once he latches on, you know, somebody says they're going to pull their advertising or their political donations to, say, Kevin McCartney, uh, McCarthy, you know, he, he sits there and he, he follows up and he follows up and he follows up and he makes it very, very uncomfortable on these companies, organizations, politicians that say that they're going to do something and he makes sure that they follow up. So that's you know, sort of the it, accountability part of, of that journalism yeah. that I think works as, really effectively. As, as long as we're on that topic, I just have to ask, do you think it ultimately hurt Republicans at all with corporations? Um, there's Even a short term? There, there's a few that, that have um, maintained, uh, you know, their their pledges. So I think I don't think it I don't think it helped them. But ultimately, there wasn't a wholesale change. I mean, I think after after January six, it looked like well, this could be something that could really change the way business is done, and all of a sudden, these companies would have to align with you know, what they say their values are, supporting uh, supporting women, valuing diversity, all the things they talk about would have to line up their political giving. That really hasn't happened. I, I do think that there was, if you look at, you know, just the data, they did take a, they did take a hit, um, you know, but as, as you and, and Marcos know, you know, corporate PAC donations also are sort of a declining 
share of contributions uh, as for what people rely on. So there's certain folks, kind of the old old guard who do rely heavily on them. It probably impacted them a bit more. You know, if you're Marjorie Taylor Greene or somebody like that, you're really not getting corporate PAC contributions. You're just, you know, saying the most outrageous thing you can and, and collecting your five or 10 or $20 checks. And, and that's, of course, uninterrupted. So saying the most outrageous thing you can, it's actually a pretty good segue into what the real topic of this, of this uh, segment is going to be, which is Fox News and the Dominion lawsuit. And that uh, you talked about when you talked about accountability journalism, you talked about the, the people in power. And Fox News obviously is an incredible uh, force in our politics, in our country. It's a very toxic um you know, influence on our body politic, and it's definitely there. And I, you know, I know you've been focusing on them quite a bit in your writings. And when a Dominion lawsuit hit, and the Dominion lawsuit is one of the companies that manufacture voting uh, machines, and uh, Donald Trump and his grifters all claim that Dominion had stolen the election for Joe Biden, Fox News parroted those those claims. The Dominion lawsuit sort of exposed the inner workings of how Fox News discussed that internally. It's been kind of fascinating. Judd, I'm still surprised that Fox News let it get that far, that let it get to discovery, because these emails and these communications, these texts that have come out have been absolutely damning to the to the network. And you've written two big pieces on them. One of them centered Rupert Murdoch and one of them centered Tucker Carlson. So I want to I want to tackle each one of those separately because they're both fascinating in and of themselves for different reasons. So let's start with uh, let's start with Rupert Murdoch. Let's start with the the head of the beast himself. What did you take away uh, from the Dominion lawsuit documents about Rupert Murdoch? Yeah, I think we really got a fascinating insight into how he uses his position um, to benefit very explicitly benefit Republican politicians. I mean, I think we kind of know if, if you turn it on for five minutes that it's it, the whole network is designed to benefit politicians, but we really didn't know what was going on behind the scenes. You know, the, the core of the lawsuit, of course, is about did Fox News know that what they were saying about Dominion voting machines was false? Seems like a lot of evidence is there that they did know that it was false. But we're also getting these really amazing insights into the operations. And one of the things in a recent filing, you know, kind of mixed in with all these text messages and everything else was an allegation, which really has been subsequently confirmed by Fox News, that Rupert Murdoch himself in a communication sent a Biden ad that had not yet aired on Fox News to Jared Kushner, who, of course, is, you know, basically at that point running the, the Trump campaign or, or is that that's basically what he's involved in. Um, and that that's a really serious thing, because basically, you know, there's the Fox News everyone knows is is in the tank for Republicans. But on on a parallel track, everyone's kind of taking them seriously in a, in a sense as well. You know, they, they were the host of a presidential debate in 2020. I mean, without ancient history, in 2020, they hosted a presidential debate. And Biden, and this I think would surprise a lot of people, spend a huge amount of his cable TV buy on Fox News. So as a result, he is in advance of, send, of these ads airing. Of course, you've got to send it to the Network, So they have it queued up for when it's ready 
um, to air. And the act of, you know, just from a, a moral, I got to get into the legal niceties of this too, but before we get into that, I mean, just from a moral perspective, taking that um, information and providing it to a rival campaign is so completely unethical because you're sort of taking advantage of the fact that the Biden campaign is treating you seriously enough to actually spend their money on your network and send you these ads in advance. You're taking advantage of that trust and you're using it, you know, to give uh, Jared Kushner and the Trump campaign an edge. Yeah. The, um, I mean, (laughs) I mean, you bring up an interesting point, though. We, you knew that Fox News is an arm of the Republican Party. I knew that. Kerry knew that. There has been this concerted effort with the traditional media and even the Democratic Party to keep trying to claim that Fox News is some kind of credible news organization. And they'll even try to make distinctions like, well, the prime, you know, the prime time lineup of opinion is different than the daytime news component. Um, I don't, I've never seen that difference. And I, I think for the first time, we're seeing a lot of Democrats finally sort of like, should we be spending money on Fox News? I mean, do you get in any sense why it's been so hard to let people, you know, for people to really realize that Fox News is what is plainly, obviously, to our plain eyes, is what it is, which is a partisan Republican extension of, of the conservative movement. I mean, I think these documents are changing it somewhat, but yeah, I agree with you. It's a little perplexing, um, you know, and I would always be fairly critical of these decisions to let Fox News play a moderating role in these debates. But they would be like, no, 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 Chris Wallace is good. And, and he's obviously better than some of the other folks that are on there. But, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, Chris Wallace, who has since left, of course, yeah. he's not there anymore. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, but I think that, yeah, there, there is this, I think there's an issue among Democrats that they want to play fair. There is a commitment, you know, oddly, although because they're accused of the opposite of this, there is a commitment to sort of free speech, you know, let's connect with and let's try to persuade some of those folks on Fox News. I mean, that's what the Biden administration uh, was doing, or maybe at least kind of depress, you know, their their supporters somewhat. Um, you know, I think what these documents show, and they show it not only among the primetime hosts, but they show it across the whole network, you know, from the morning to the night, is that it doesn't operate in that way. And any information, any interaction that you have with them will be used all the way up to and including Rupert Murdoch to benefit the Republican Party. So I think that, you know, I don't anticipate that in 2020, well, there may not be a, a Democratic primary debate in 2024, but I even, you know, in the general election, I don't see Biden or Democrats agreeing to have Fox News moderate another debate after this. And I think they're going to be, you know, we'll have to see where the ads go, but I think they would have to think think twice about it. Judd, do you do you notice have you noticed any fallout among sort of the Washington, D.C. reporters? You know, I mean, part of what happens in Washington and I reported there for several years on the Obama administration 
is that everybody's kind of chummy chummy. It's like, oh, well, you know, I know Tucker Carlson. I see him at the bar or the gala or whatever. He's not that bad. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. of course he is. He's like a right wing propagandist now. It's horrific. But there's th- there's this chumminess that allows people to kind of like go along, get along. And I think that has helped a little bit Fox News, just people not wanting to alienate the you know Fox News reporter who sits in the White House briefing room or whatever. Have you noticed any mainstream journalists really take a turn? Have you seen, you know, some significant fallout or 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 change in tone towards Fox News since this happened? I think it might be a little too early to tell. I, I haven't really noticed anything yet, to, to be honest with you, um, as far as looking at, because I do think that that's a key factor, Carrie, is that, you know, the individual journalists, especially, you know, whoever they have in the White House press briefing room, some of those folks who play it a, a little bit straighter, at least on air, we now know off air, they were mm-hmm. doing <laughs> very different things. They have friends and, and they'll kind of, people from other outlets will sort of rally to defend them, you know, when there's any criticism. And I do think that that's really helped protect Fox News. I haven't seen any um, indication that that has waned yet, but I do think you see more folks who maybe traditionally were hands off willing to talk about the problems that are revealed in this, uh, in these documents. And, you know, maybe ultimately that, erode some of the chumminess, which which I think is is kind of destructive overall, that, that, you know, everyone should just sort of rally the troops and defend their friends and things like that. We should really be after, you know, what's the truth and what's accurate and what's what's fair. Um, so so I think we'll have to see. But, you know, I, I do think that you, you touch on what's a really important dynamic. And as it allowed Fox News, at least to some degree, to keep their legitimacy to this point. So you say that that um, in addition to the primetime host, that the documents actually showed that the daytime news operation was also impacted, was also heavily politicized. Can you speak a little bit about that? Yeah, a lot of this, you know, involves the call of Arizona, which, of course, I mean, you, you you're 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 a close follower of the polls. So I'm sure okay. you you remember and, and probably most of the people listening remember that Fox News was the first person, first network to call that. That was by a whole separate uh, operation, which they then dismantled uh, immediately afterwards. But you had hosts, you know, somebody like Brett Baer, who's probably considered the most straight journalist who's regularly on uh, Fox News, you know, saying, hey, we're getting hammered by this. We're getting hammered in the ratings. We need to walk this back so we can put it in. We can put Arizona in Trump's column. So to have someone who supposedly is your straight news anchor, A, focusing on what the impact of reporting the truth is on your ratings, and then also actually just advocating to just roll that back and even more oddly, put it in Trump's column. I mean, no one was even saying at that point that Trump was ahead. You know, I think there were were clearly a lot of people saying, we'll take it out into neutral. I I don't think people were saying, put it in the Trump's column. So to have someone like that, I think, you know, raises questions. I mean, he was basically the best they had. I don't know who else you would point to once you exclude him as somebody who you could say, hey, you know, they're they're being reasonably fair. 
because um, because on air, you know, he's not great, but compared to you know uh, a Tucker Carlson or or even you know the yeah. Ducey from some. Yeah. Fox and Friends in the morning. I mean, it's it's a different category on air. But I think what we see now is off air. It's the same. It, yeah. it does make you wonder if they're go- if if there's going to start like they dismantled that division that that made the call correctly made the call. A lot of people thought it was too early. Um, apparently, and I didn't know this. Apparently, they invested tons and tons of money into building an operation that could figure out the results. First and best. I mean, you know, to accurately and first. And then as soon as it like actually made a real difference on election night, they had to get rid of it because it, you know, killed their viewership. But then, you know, you also have the Fox polling outfit, right, which is generally considered a pretty legitimate pollster. They're not, you know, it's not one of these crap pollsters that sort of infiltrated, it, you know, so the far. final months of the. Yeah, right, right, exactly. <laughs> So you have to wonder, and they've dismantled the, the, you know, the division that correctly made the Arizona call and made it first. I mean, that's always your goal as a journalist, get it first and get it right, right? Or get it right and get it first. And, and, and then, you know, you, we have to wonder if, if the, you know, news, the polling division is going to go by the same, the same, the same way as the, as that did. I think it's possible. You know, I think what Fox News has going for it, though is that it's created a completely insular environment. And so it is not, as a policy, it is not discussing the Dominion lawsuits or anything that's coming out of the Dominion lawsuits. So if you're a regular viewer of Fox News, you haven't heard anything about this. Now, presumably there's some people who, you know, might read a newspaper or watch a different, watch a different channel or go on the internet and have learned something about it. But, you know, that's, that's the real... Uh, benefit is is the captive audience. So um, all that stuff has been sort of bombshells, but I, I gotta say, nothing has been more satisfying about the the uh, the revelations and what we've learned about Tucker Carlson. And I, I highly recommend everybody go to popular.info. I think that's the URL, right? Popular.info. Yeah, that's right. For, uh, for Judd's uh, newsletter, he has a story on the Dominion. Uh, revelations and Tucker Carlson. And what he did is he took Tucker Carlson's public proclamations in real time during the, during the, the, the whole contested election period. And he sort of compared them to what Tucker Carlson was saying behind the scenes at Fox news. And it is fricking brilliant guys. I, I highly recommend it. There's no way we could talk about it right now to do it justice, but Jed, I'm going to give you a chance to try because <laughs> it's so good. Uh, and you're the only one that did this. I mean, it was a, it was a great idea and I'm glad you pulled it off because it really sort of showed us that he's a fraud, right? I think that's what you call him an absolute fraud. Yeah. I mean, I think that, Right. You don't have to you don't have it's not a mystery that, that Tucker Carl said a lot of things he doesn't say. Are, think He says a lot of things that aren't true. He says things that are bigoted. He says things that are racist. This is he seems to be chugging along with that. But what we learn from this is that he does not believe in the core premises of his show. Um, you know what he called. He said, you know, he he hates Trump. You know, according to these messages, he's telling his colleagues that he hates Trump, that Trump's decision to not attend the inauguration is so damaging. But then when you look at his his show, and what I did was the the 
the texts that were released were kind of clustered right around January 6th, you know, as, as he's kind of processing this. So I looked kind of a month before and a month after and kind of looked at what he was, was saying. And he's not only, of course, I mean, we all know he's not telling his viewers, I hate Trump. Right. I mean, that was that's the whole thing with this lawsuit is that they needed to be pro-Trump. And at that point in time, unless you were pushing these these lies about Dominion voting machines, you, you weren't seen as pro-Trump. But it really goes beyond that, where Tucker Carlson is going out and talking about how elitist all of these people who hate Trump are and how they're just full of white guilt and you know, it's they're they're so full of hate. And that's just, you know, how these people are, where he is literally simultaneously, sometimes the same day within a day or two, talking to his colleagues about how much he personally <laughs> hates Trump and how much damage Trump is doing to the country. So it is does pretty. He, does incredible. he also admit, does he also admit to being full of white guilt and, a, and a, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, that did not come up. At least in the text messages we've seen so far. I mean, that did not come up. He still, I think he he does have a very high opinion of himself. You know, I think I think that was confirmed uh, through the text messages. But he really, you know, dislikes Trump. Dislikes, um, you know, what he was doing. Didn't like how he, you know, thought that the whole issues, especially around Dominion, of course, that's where it came down to, you know, he was talking about, hey, you know, we can't talk about this, because there's no evidence, there's no one inside saying this, there's no documents, there's no video, we can't talk about this. Then, just a couple weeks later, he hosts Mike Lindell, the the MyPillow guy, who's basically devoting his life at that point, I think is still devoting his life from, Mm -hmm. from what I understand, to talking about Dominion and how they've got a connection with Venezuela and, you know, they're, they're fixing all of the results and Tucker's not expressing any skepticism whatsoever. And is in fact, thanking uh, Lindell for all of his work and, and agreeing with him that he's being censored and, and unfairly punished for expressing these views. So, you know, it really, um, makes him makes it i mean it really just exposes tucker carlson as a complete phony i mean we already you know, knew he had a bunch of other issues um we already knew he wasn't telling the truth but you know you cannot tell the truth and you might believe what you're saying he doesn't you know, he's just doing it because i think it's very clear that there's a focus from tucker carlson from others keep those ratings up tell the trump people what they want to hear and that's what he was doing People who know Tucker Carlson say he's very smart, very smart. And beyond, I mean, beyond this, you know, of course they want to make money. They want to keep the ratings up, right? That's primary. It's clear from these texts that it's primary. But it also does seem to be that part of Tucker's kink is thinking about how smart he is and how dumb all his viewers are and that he can just pull the wool over their eyes, tell them whatever he wants, and they're going to believe it. They're just going to, you know, sop it up. And I mean, it just does seem like that's part of his his own intellectual elitism is part of what he sort of gets off on, um, yeah. especially to the extent that he's lying to his viewers. Yeah, I mean, there's a real contempt that comes through. I mean, I think you have to have a real contempt for your audience to 
on really the most serious matters, you know, night after night, just to say things that you don't believe because you think that that's going to get them riled up. I mean, I, I do think that that comes through when you kind of look at this in total. You know, Howard Kurtz, uh, which is a media, who is a media critic for Fox News, I think about a week ago said that that he had been forbidden from talking about the Dominion lawsuit on the air. And then just a couple of days ago, or maybe it was in yesterday, he talked about this is a real test of the First Amendment. So it's like they 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 got him within that week. He was frustrated not being able to talk about it. Now he's finally landed on a talking point that fits his beat, that this is a First Amendment issue. Um, but you're right. For, I think for Fox News, it's existential that their audience don't know that this exists because that contempt is absolutely real. And it emerges because it's sort of like they don't they don't care about informing their audience. To them, it's just all one big entertainment conglomerate where if they don't stay at Fox News, they're going to go to to Newsmax or they're going to go to One American Network. And so they had to to essentially make up an entire alternate reality for these people. So there's no sense of, you know, let's, let's, let's inform, let's educate, let's, let's make sure people understand the world around them. They literally created a bubble and that's fine. You can create your fantasy world. People do it all the time. Uh, Tolkien did it all the time. Lord of the Rings. You can create a fantasy bubble. You don't get to pretend that it's actual reality and have real people be attacked and, uh, and destroyed by, by lies and innuendo and conspiracy theories. And that's what Fox news does. And that's why the, the first amendment is not a relevant, uh, sort of a factor in this decision. And I think it's going to be absolutely devastating for, for Fox news. Um, we're almost out of time, Judd. Is there anything else you sort of want to talk about on the Fox news? And, and if not there, we can actually talk a little bit what people can do to get more information from you. Cause I absolutely highly encourage everybody to, to, uh, to follow Judd on Twitter. And so let people know where they can follow you if it, or, <laughs> Any final thoughts on Fox yeah. News? Yeah, the one other thing that I did that I have touched on in, in some of my writing is just how this is is financed. You know, one of the things you'll notice if you if you ever yeah. spend an hour watching um, Tucker Carlson is that he doesn't have much advertisers left. It's kind of my pillow. It's it's Sandals Resorts and it's a couple of other things. Um, but uh, in general, they're making more than half their money off carriage fees. So that's something that everyone who has uh, cable or even most of these sort of streaming alternatives to cable have Fox News. They're paying some of that carriage fees, and that's what's really keeping them afloat, gives them a lot of insulation from any exodus um, of advertisers. So I think that's an important just to keep in mind that there's a structural component uh, and that potentially could be reformed. Um, as far as me <laughs> uh, and where you can find me, more, more stuff like that, um, you know, the website, which I think you said before, is popular.info. You can get everything there. And then uh, on Twitter at Judd Legum. Judd Legum, that's J-U-D-D-L-E-G-U-M. Judd, thank you so very much. This, is, uh, this was fun. Uh, I'm glad we connected. And I yep. hope that we can have you back on to talk more of this stuff uh, you know, later on this year because there's a lot of good stuff that you're writing about that really sort of slots in to the themes that we, Carrie and I, and Daily Coast, that we're working on. So there's a lot of uh, cross-pollination there that we, that we definitely want to encourage and, and inform our uh, viewers and readers about, about what you're up to. So thank you so very much for joining us. Great. Thank you both for having me. All right. Bye-bye. <laughs> Carrie, um, carriage fees. I, I just want to expand a little bit more on that uh, before we we move on to to quickly to another topic. But um, every time you pay a cable bill, Fox News gets about five to six dollars of that. So if you subscribe to cable or if you subscribe to a streaming version of cable, you are literally paying five six bucks a month to Tucker Carlson. 
And this is a, a um, this is kind of, kind of makes you sick when you think about it, doesn't it? Just a little, little, yeah. Ill. It's a Fox News tax. And the way they, they do it is one is they, if, if you were to cut the carriage fees, they're going to send their, their minions after them. I mean, we're seeing that right now with, uh, I believe, Newsmax is trying to charge carriage fees. And they're saying, and, uh, and uh, uh, was it Comcast or AT&T? I think it's AT&T saying, like, no, we're not going to pay Newsmax carriage fees. And then Republicans in Congress are threatening hearings over it because apparently the free market's not allowed to be free when we're talking about conservative not, propaganda. Not- not and, the Republicans. But Fox News, Fox also owns a whole plethora of media organizations. And so, um, and I'm not sure what they are anymore because, because a bunch of them um, have been sold off to, to Discovery HBO. So right now I'm, I'm not sure who owns what, but there's a whole slew of cable networks like, like FX and just regular Fox. And they have a lot of popular shows, obviously. And so what, what Fox says is if you don't pay us these carriage fees for Fox News, we're not going to give you access to all these other Fox uh, entertainment properties. And so that's how they're able to sort of extort the cable companies. And if you wonder why cable bills kept going up and up and up, that's the reason why. And not just Fox, but also Discovery and, and uh, Disney and all these companies, they kept jacking up those carriage fees. It has what, what's really sort of put a crimp on that, though, is uh, cutting the cord. And I cut the cord and I've never looked back and I highly encourage everybody, believe it or not, you can get most of um, real time television with an antenna. These things exist unless you live out in the middle of, of nowhere. And I know a lot of you do and then you're, you have limited options. But if you're living in, in, in a city or in the suburbs, you can actually get everything via antenna. And the dirty secret is you can get it via high definition. It looks better than compressed cable if you have a nice TV and it, the antennas cost like 10 bucks and you can literally mount it behind the TV. That's what I do. Uh, you don't need a big old antenna on the top of your roof, like, like in the old days. So there's that. And then, and then streaming services as you pick and choose, most of them don't require contracts anymore. So you can, you know, turn on Netflix to watch stranger things or, or whatever the show is at the moment. And then you can move on to the others. It actually works out really well. You actually save money and you don't fund Tucker Carlson. So that's my public service announcement to, star Fox News of its most important revenue source, which is actually you, uh, yeah. if you subscribe to cable. So, um, you know, we were going to move on to another subject, but I think, why, why don't we just wrap, I, I, want, I want to say one last thing about our interview with Judd, maybe, and we can leave it there. All right. you, you good with that? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Well, so in the beginning, we talked about the uh, off the topic of Fox News, we were talking about this, uh, about the, the fallout, the corporate fallout after January 6th and how there were these pledges by corporations to not fund, you know, people, the Republicans who supported January 6th and um, they pledged to, you know, not give give money. And Judd followed up on that and, you know, and found that some of them went soft pretty quickly and, you know, and started hedging and some of them re-upped, <clears throat> said, well, we're not, our corporation isn't going to do it, but our PAC might, you know, but he ultimately said, and I thought this was interesting, he thought there was some drop off for the for, you know, essentially for the 2022 cycle. And I think that's interesting because in normal circumstances, he said, well, you know, we all know that that's not uh, the end all be all of fundraising anymore is PAC money. Right. Because there's the people can do grassroots fundraising and grassroots fundraising can make up a ton of money. That's where a bunch of the Democratic candidates just 
absolutely pummeled their Republican rivals because their their grassroots um, uh, donations were great. But it did end up making a difference that these corporations weren't playing quite as much by by Judd's uh, estimation because a lot of the Republican candidates actually were so crappy and they were the MAGA election denialist candidates that they couldn't grassroots raise money. Like people hated them. No one wanted to give money to them for the most part. They were like, they were sucking wind on grassroots donations. You know, people like Blake Masters in Arizona and stuff like that. And so if you can't get the grassroots money and you can't get the corporate PAC money, then you're really in a bind. And that's where we saw, you know, the Senate Republicans at the last second scrambling to try and shore up um, you know, money and advertising so that they could get equal play against Democrats. And in many cases, they spent way more money and still couldn't get equal play because they they had because it was PAC money and it wasn't direct candidate money. You get a better rate as a direct candidate. But I actually think that that could, I'm just saying I actually think that that probably did make a difference in this last cycle that there wasn't yeah. as much corporate PAC money flying to these Republicans early on. And then it put a lot of pressure on the candidates and they couldn't produce. And eventually, you know, you've got Senate Republicans running around the last second trying to make up the shortfall. Yeah. And ironically, it was Mitch McConnell's super PAC that actually bailed out uh, Republican candidates in Ohio and North Carolina and particularly North Carolina. That was, was incredibly, incredibly close where we had dramatically outspent the Republican. And, you know, for all the way Republicans hate Mitch McConnell, I mean, he delivered a Supreme Court. He he actually kept things closer in the Senate than it should have been. I mean, had we picked up that Senate seat in North Carolina, the picture would be a lot, lot different right now in the Senate. And it would give us some cushion ahead of next year's elections, which are going to be really, really, really tough. So, yeah, absolutely right. And, you know, Judge, great. I just want to keep singing his praises. You can get, catch him on Twitter at Judd Legum, J-U-D-D. L E G U M and he tracks, he's been, you know, like I said, he's accountability. So he, he looks to see who is donating to who and, and, uh, and puts pressure on them to do something about it and follows up relentlessly. And so he's great. His newsletter, it's a Substack newsletter, but you can find it at popular.info popular info. Uh, again, absolutely fantastic work. Um, there's a free version. There's a, there's a subscription version. Uh, it seems like he's doing really, really well over there because the product is actually kind of amazing. So I'm glad we had him on the show. I'm glad we got to talk about this and and uh, and connect. And I'm glad uh, we got a chance to introduce him to you guys, our audience. So thank you so much for being part of this show today. Carrie, thank you so much. Uh, and next week, we'll probably be talking, we'll go back to Republican presidential pro- uh, politics, I think. There's, maybe, there's... maybe. I mean, depending on, yeah, depending on what, who knows what happens. But yeah, we could easily do that. I'm always you know, up we, for that. We might have some indictments, some Trump indictments yeah, to right. talk about. Yeah. <laughs> who knows? Cross- what are the indictments going to fall? Let's manifest that into reality. We'll, we'll work on manifesting that. And uh, thanks to Walter for producing the show. Thanks to everybody who helps make the show happen behind the scenes, like Kara and Paul. Thank you, the viewer, listener, reader, for being part of this movement for our democracy. This is our little quiet area. We're enjoying it. We're just watching Republicans tear each other apart, but we're going to have to engage pretty soon. So let's take this moment to just, just bask in the schadenfreude 
and then get ready for the battle ahead because the battle for our democracy is never ending. Republicans aren't resting. We cannot either. So thank you so much for being part of it. Thank you so much for joining us and being fellow travelers in this battle. Catch you all next week.